Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Chapter 49 The group followed the colored lines on the floor. As they emerged from the line of foliage that formed the extreme grids of the greenhouse, a huge arched passageway greeted them. It was short, and they could see lights on ahead of them. Cast in a white glow was yet another set of doors in the rock wall. In the doors was reinforced glass, through which they could see a narrow passageway. As they emerged from the arch of rock, the cave soared above their heads. A wide, concrete walkway extended out over a massive cistern. The water line rose to just feet below the guardrails on the bridge. The group moved across the bridge to the rock wall and the doors. Here the red line on the floor veered off to the left, and the blue line veered off to the right, both disappearing into darkness beyond. Nicole peered through the window in the door and saw that only the gold line was on the floor. Go for the gold, huh? Paul said. Yeah, Nicole said. Walt and Sam each grabbed a door and held it open for Nicole. Jordan pushed Ruby through while Paul and Billy covered the rear. Moving into the hallway, the doors swooshed closed behind them as Walt and Sam let them go and joined the others. As they approached the door at the other end, it became obvious to them that this door was not like the others. A hand scanner was mounted at waist level. Above that was a retinal scanner. A keypad was mounted into the wall on the left side of the scanners. A glaring red light beamed down on them from above the door, which looked to be heavy steel, like the much larger one at the entrance to the base. A camera to the right and above stared down at them. A large metal wheel was set into the door. Knowing in her mind that it was futile, Nicole nonetheless slid her rifle over her shoulder and put her hands on the wheel. It felt like the wheel was never meant to turn. Her hands fell to her sides in exasperation. She closed her eyes and sighed. Maybe one of those ID cards from the guys at the front entrance would work on this man, Walt said. Nicole did not even look up. Her head hung low. She pinched the bridge of her nose and her eyes remained closed. If their ID cards wouldn't work on the door up top, they probably won't work on the one down here. Besides, even if one of them did, what about the eye and hand scanner? What are we supposed to do? Cut off their hands and poke out all their eyes and bring them back down here in the hopes one of them works? Nicole said, shouting now. She looked up at the cold metal door with its unblinking red lights that seemed to mock them. "'You got me out here, Dad, and for what?' she said. She reared her foot back and was about to kick the door when Billy's words interrupted her. "'Uh, guys, I think we have a bigger problem here.' Everyone turned around to see what had gotten Billy's attention. 
As Jordan turned, she took her hands off Ruby's wheelchair. Ruby was left staring at the closed steel door. Ruby slowly wheeled herself around to see what the others saw. Staring at them through the windows in the door were several pairs of sunken eyes. Faces of the dead glared at them with menacing curiosity. It was as if they were trying to reason out what was at the end of the hall. Are those doors down there locked? Ruby said. The question hung in the air unanswered. They're not moving. Maybe they can't see us, or... Sam's words were cut off as the dead began to groan and paw at the doors. The sounds of scratching hands, hands that had become nothing more than skinless talons, reached their ears. As the dead probed the doors, they began to sway inward. The dead sensed the give in the unlocked doors and squeezed further in. The doors continued to part, ever wider under their press. Nicole stared in horror and disbelief. Her mind raced, then collided with the truth of what she had neglected. She cringed within herself as she remembered the darkened passageways to the left and right of the doors beyond. She had committed a fatal error and left the enemy at her back. In her mind, fatalism fought with the need to survive. This time, nobody looked to her for what to do. Everyone was transfixed by the scene before them, each knowing within themselves that their backs were quite literally against the walls. Without preamble, Nicole raced forward to midway down the corridor. The other's trance-like state broke, and they stared in wonder at Nicole. The dead pushed through the doors and began to advance. Half were dressed in the same civilian garb as the ones at the entrance, but with white lab coats. More disturbing than that were the others. They were dressed in military uniforms of various branches. They all moved as one toward Nicole and the group. Oh, jeez, man, Walt said. Paul tightened the grip on his rifle. Any chance you can get that door open, Nicole? Paul said. Nicole kept her stare on the advancing horde. Not a chance in the world, Paul, she said. Paul looked over at her, fear evident on his face. Sam let loose with a three-round burst and dropped the lead shuffler. The others were undeterred and continued at them. Nicole brought her rifle to bear and gave her order. Sam, Walt, Billy, down in front. Paul, you and me behind them. Front row shoots in three-round bursts till you're empty. When you are, drop behind us and reload. Control your spray and don't waste ammo. Nicole drew her pistol and bent down to Jordan. Honey, I hate to ask you to do this, but I'm going to need you to stand next to me and shoot when it's our turn, okay? Jordan, clearly afraid, looked at Nicole. She slowly took the pistol from her. Paul and Nicole locked eyes, and then Paul nodded. Stand next to me, honey, Paul said to his daughter. Nicole turned to Ruby. There aren't near as many as at the bus, Ruby, but if we need more ammo, do you think? Ruby cut her off. If you need more bullets, you sing out. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition, honey. I'll fill your hand. Nicole looked at Ruby, then turned and readied her rifle. All right, you know the drill. Forty yards out and to the head. When you're out, drop back. We fire and retreat back down the hall. Walt, Sam, and Billy knelt in front of Jordan, Paul, and Nicole. They all readied themselves and waited for the horde to get within range. What happens when we reach the door? Paul said. Nicole gripped her rifle and stared straight ahead. Her lack of answer was all the answer anybody needed. Behind them all, Ruby held three full magazines and three boxes of ammo in her lap and stared at what was coming. Seconds later, what was thought to be fifteen dead 
turned into three times that as more poured in behind the first. Ready? Fire Team 1, commence! Nicole said. Walt, Sam, and Billy sighted downrange and began shooting. The first line of the dead dropped. The ones behind them stumbled and trampled them underfoot and kept coming. Again shots rang out, and again those in front dropped. The process continued as the horde advanced. Behind Walt, Sam, and Billy, Nicole, Paul, and Jordan each fought within themselves to resist joining the fray until it was their turn. Seconds later, the clicking of dry fires sounded. Walt, Sam, and Billy fell back behind Nicole, Paul, and Jordan, who now formed the front line. They brought their guns to bear and started dropping targets. Behind them, Sam, Walt, and Billy handed empty magazines to Ruby in exchange for fresh. Ruby then started working her hands as fast as they would go, jamming fresh rounds into empty magazines. Arthritis, you old demon, stay away! In the name of Jesus! She said as her fingers flew from box to magazine. Nicole, Paul, and Jordan commenced firing as Walt, Sam, and Billy knelt, waiting with their freshly loaded guns. Wave after wave of the dead dropped. They advanced toward the shooters as Nicole and the others dropped more of the ravenous dead in front of them. They were now more than halfway back down the corridor to the sealed door, with little more than fifteen yards between them and the dead. Behind the dead, fallen corpses lined the floor. Nicole's rifle clicked empty at about the same time as Paul and Jordan's. They stepped behind Walt, Sam, and Billy. Ruby rolled her wheelchair back behind Nicole, Paul, and Jordan and helped reload their empty magazines. The moans of the now fully incensed dead filled the corridor. It mixed with the sounds of gunfire. Fear and desperation marked the faces of all the shooters. The fog of their war threatened to make them give in to the inevitable. Walt, Sam, and Billy dropped their marks. But before their rifles clicked empty, the last of the dead dropped a mere ten yards in front of them. Taut silence filled the corridor as all waited to see if any more of the dead would make an appearance. The smell of spent gunpowder mixed with the stink of the dead and hung in the air. After what seemed like an eternity, Nicole spoke. I think we're clear. Everyone lowered their weapons and breathed a sigh of relief. Is everyone... Nicole's words were cut off as a runner in a uniform bearing lieutenant colonel rank burst through the doors and down the corridor. Everyone froze as it advanced. Its face was ashen, and its eyes were dark holes sunk deep in its head. It wheezed and hissed as it charged. Before anybody could do anything, three shots rang out. The runner stopped and then fell to the ground, unmoving. All eyes turned to look down at Jordan, standing in front of them, legs apart, shoulders squared, she held the pistol out in front of her for several seconds. Finally, she lowered the pistol and turned back to the others. A tear ran down her cheek as she saw all eyes upon her. Finally, Billy spoke. Nice shooting, Tex. Jordan breathed a deep sigh and wiped the tears from her face. Ghostbusters, right? She said. 